Welcome to the Ion Annapolis Local Business Spotlight. There are thousands of locally owned businesses in the area, some small and some large. Some you may know and others you don't. But one thing they all have in common is a great story, and we want to share it with you. Join us every Saturday as we talk to the founders, the owners, and the managers of local businesses you have come to know and love, and those you will come to know and love. Now here's your host, John Frenet, with this week's Local Business Spotlight. We're back here at the Michael Bush Library on West Street for the Anne Arundel County Public Libraries, and I'm kind of excited about our LBS today because this is a local business spotlight with a local resident, and this is like the tiniest business because it is a true startup that is just getting started. That's right. We're barely here. Well, we, we are here with Pat May, who is the founder of a new startup called Propa. That's correct. Did I get that right? You did. Yes. It's not Propa. It's not Propa. Okay. It's Propa. Correct. And I will mess this up throughout this. So feel free to just jump in and say, hey, no, dude, you screwed it up again. As long as you're saying it, I don't mind. <laughs> well, Propa is a app that is a consumer to consumer, I guess, app in the most really basic sense. It's match.com for plants. Uh, basically, sort of? <laughs> yes. So um, Propa is a community of people who are crazy about houseplants. And um, we help people share plant cuttings with each other. And so basically, we make it easy to find that plant you've been looking for and to find someone else who's just as crazy about houseplants as you are and put you in contact with each other. Are you a houseplant fanatic? I wouldn't call myself a fanatic, um, like compared to my friends, like they don't know what I'm doing. Um, but compared to some of the users I have on, on Propa and the ones I talk to, not at all. It's embarrassing, actually. Like A lot of times you see with startups and whatnot, they, somebody has the idea, but I, I don't want to say it doesn't have the passion, but I mean, it, it you know, has the passion for the idea, but not necessarily the product per se. I mean, I know a couple of people in the startup uh, startup world in travel and they're, they're, they don't know a whole lot about travel, but they know a whole lot about the tech end and how this should work and how the, the UX, the user experience um, should be on the end. But where does Propa come from? I mean, you would think it would be like, uh, you know, plants match. Yeah. So, um, so what I really love to do is I love to find things and I love to help other people find things. And, uh, and so when I moved to Annapolis, I I bought this house and I realized I needed furniture and things to decorate the house and make it look much better. And so I started researching house plants and I'd always wanted to, to own a house for the yard. And then I realized that like inside matters too. And so um, I started looking for like Scandinavian design houseplants and one kept on popping up on my radar. And that was the Pilea peperomioides um, or more commonly called the Chinese money plant. And so that's this little guy right here. This is awesome. He's got plants with us. This is great. So this was the most popular plant that you that kept popping up on your... Um, it, it really caught my attention. It was everywhere. Um, people were looking for it um, on Reddit, on blogs. But interestingly enough, nobody could find it. And so what I saw was on these blogs, um, people were commenting, like just in the random comments, talking back and forth, arranging, buying cuttings of this plant. And I thought that was really peculiar. And I was like, hey, I could build something to help people find this. And, it, and that's how I'm here. That's how it all started. I mean, it sounds, sounds like there's, it's got to be a fairly big market. People love houseplants. I know, you know, this, this weekend I spent probably 
three hours watering my girlfriend's plants because it was so parched with the sun and everything else. But they were potted plants outside and inside and whatnot. So, I mean, I imagine the market is huge. You look at like homestead gardens, you look at some of the, the landscaping people, stuff like that. I mean, you know, people put an awful lot of money into their landscaping or interior landscaping as well. Probably a significant amount of money. Yeah. So um, lawn and garden is like a huge sector. And houseplants are actually a very small part of that. But houseplants are growing dramatically in comparison. And so you have a lot of people who are um, millennials. They live in apartments. They might not have dogs. They might not have pets yet, but they're buying houseplants. And then with COVID, everybody had Zoom and they wanted their, their backdrop to look nice. And they started looking at houseplants. They realized that they needed to be in their apartment and comfortable there. And they started buying houseplants. And they started realizing that you could chop them up and give them to friends, uh, which is a little bit more economical than, than buying a, a mature plant. And so uh, more people have come into the, the hobby recently, um, just naturally. And then it was accelerated further by COVID, I believe. So the, the hobby is relatively new for you. What Okay, you, you'd like to make things and you realize there was a need. So you just decided to develop an app and, and that was it. I mean, is this is this what you're doing? Um, what do you mean by I mean, is this is this is this most startup people have you know something else that's going on. And this start, a lot of them start up as like sort of a side hustle. Well, this, this was a side hustle. So I was working full time up until about six weeks ago. Oh, wow. And um, I had a previous product, uh, which was Pylea Map, and it was specifically putting retailers that sold the Pylea, the, the Chinese money plant, on a map and then sending people alerts when someone in their area started carrying it. And so I, I did that for years. And this all started in 2016. Okay, very um, cool. And, and so that developed. And then I decided to expand into looking at propagation specifically and then putting people in contact with each other in addition to retailers. We've got an app. Now, how does it work? Um, so simply, you add all the plants that you own. Um, we don't care if it's house plants. We don't care if it's outdoor, flowering, foliage. Um, we actually don't have a single marijuana plant uploaded. Um, <laughs> a lot of people ask if um, this can be done for marijuana. And, and sure, it could. I don't know if I would remove it or not, but I don't want it to be a pot app. Right. Um, and I'm sure there's plenty of them. <laughs> I, I'm sure there is, yeah. too. And, and also... You know, when people start talking about marijuana, um, they want to be sure that the strain is legitimate and we don't have any sort of way of authenticating that strain. Right. You're looking for something that looks beautiful and puts a little bit of, you know, a little bit of oxygen back into your. Exactly. You know. And so you add all of your plants to your collection for everyone to see. You add what species they are. You can add notes on how you take care of them. And then when you have propagations ready to share, you can flag them and they show up on the map. And then other people can start contacting you. You can arrange um, meetups. Um, I have one user who's sending me eight plants from Washington State, uh, and people love to share their plants. How do, how do we get from Bay to Bay as far as, uh, you know, you all of a sudden I've matched with uh, somebody out in Portland, Oregon? You start a conversation. You say, hey, that's beautiful. I would love to have one when you have it. And, and how, how, do they, how do they get it? Okay, they've got a large plant. They just take a, they, they graft, I, I guess the grafting may not be the right term, but I mean, they take a seedling or something like that and grow it up and... Yeah, each species is different. Um, some are easy to propagate. Some are very difficult, if not impossible, to propagate. Um, it varies wildly between succulents, which you kind of pull off a leaf and let it sit for a while. Um, out in the sun, no water. You miss it every now and then. And it starts growing roots, and then you put it on top of soil, and then the, the roots start growing into the soil, and then you um, have that leaf wilt, and you have a new succulent come out of its place. And it starts off like the size of a pinhead, practically. It just slowly gets bigger. 
And you have other ones. Um, so this is the, the Monstera Deliciosa, um, also called the Mexican breadfruit, where we have an aerial root here. Um, and so this just sticks out. It's meant to just go into the air and climb onto to things. But this started with the brown part right here, and it just grew into the water. And then you'll start having roots um, for soil coming off of that, that large root right there. And so each one is different. And so we have um, ways for users to share their propagation success stories for each individual species and to, to create that community, that sharing, get people to talking to each other on how to care for their plants, how to ship them, and also how to propagate them. So that, that's how it would get to me. If I'm talking to somebody in Portland, Oregon, they're going to pack it up in a, and I'm presuming there's boxes that are made to not damage plants, I'm sure. Well, uh, we provide none of that. We are just a way of people introducing each other. And right now, we just put them in contact with each other. Um, at some point, we might expand to where uh, transactions are brokered by the business. Um, however, right now, we just get people talking. But I mean, just in general, I mean, how would I ship something like this? I mean, I don't, I'm not putting it in a UPS overnight bag and just letting it go. I mean, I'm sure they make boxes specific to, to shipping plants, don't they? Not or the carriers. So for, for instance, I got another, um, I'm actually reusing it, but I got cuttings from somebody in Arizona and she just put the cuttings in this little um, Dixie cup type thing, Dixie cup for ketchup or something, put a lid on it, cut a hole in the lid along with wet paper towel and did priority mail. Um, it arrived in about five days or so and they're alive and well. Um, Houseplants wow. are pretty hardy. Um, some are difficult, but most of them have been engineered or bred to be quite hardy. Now, okay, if, if you're interested in this and you should check it out, you want to go to getpropod.com and from there you can sign up uh, to get, I guess it's an email list or do you keep update all, with all your news. But is the app available now on the app stores? Uh, yes, yeah, so we're currently beta testing. Um, and so if you go to the Google Play Store and you search Propa, you'll be able to find us and download us there. Um, with iOS, you have to download their beta testing app called TestFlight. Oh, right. Um, and then you download the Propa app through it. And so it's, it's available for everyone. Where is your, where's your money coming from? I mean, we don't, is this free to use for the consumers? Yes, it is. Okay. And, and you're not selling boxes and you're not, not brokering shipping. So, <laughs> no. Um, so our, our business model is to partner with retailers, people who are selling mature plants and putting them in contact with our ex like very passionate user base and then also letting them know where the trends are taking um, sales. And so we have this environment where people have wish lists of the species that they want. We have people um, putting what they already have and um, we're able to serve content to them. And so right now, Instagram can cause a plant to go viral, a specific species. And people will go to stores, they will buy out inventory and they'll start splitting them up and selling them out for profits. And that can be all well and good. That's controversial, uh, depending yeah, on which sure. circles you speak to. But I want retailers to have a leg up on these trends so that they can price their inventory accordingly so that they can stock accordingly. Because if they get sold out and they're turning away people who are looking for this popular plant. Sure, they're losing revenue there losing at that revenue. point. And so then the retailers would partner with you to be able to list it on, onto, your, onto your user database to, as to where we can get a specific plant. Exactly. Um, we're also looking at working with growers. Um, 
So, you know, growers, depending on, on what their business model is, will have people searching the world for new species um, that haven't been brought to market. And so there's about a two-year pipeline going from identifying a species in the wild, um, researching it, importing it, scaling it up, um, understanding which in, like, environmental variables um, allow them to grow it as quickly as possible, do market research, make sure that they can ship it and deliver it and people can care for it, and then ultimately get it into consumers' hands. That's a lot of risk in two years. And so one of the parts of that is making sure that there's consumer demand for it, as well as making sure that people know that it exists. That's neat. You've really kind of thought all this through. Now, now, and I don't know, this is my ignorance showing, but as far as, I mean, you've developed an app and you've got a, a business plan. Okay, the business plan is all mind equity or sweat equity, if you will. And do you do the programming yourself for the app? I mean, is that something that you're that you are the, the guru on, or is that? <laughs> I, I hack it together, yes. Um, and so all the coding has been done by me so far. I'm a single person operation. We are growing users, and, and at some point I'll start raising money for investment, and uh, we'll look at expanding there. But right now I, I just hire freelancers to do um, graphic design, and everything else is me. Wow, well done. Well, well done, Pat. Well, you, you mentioned you're looking for investors and stuff like that. I mean, what, how, how does somebody invest in this? Um, there are different rounds of, of investment. I've never successfully raised money, and so I can't speak knowledgeably and, and firsthand to it. But in the beginning, you, you raise um, angel money, which is going to be like high net worth individuals in your network. And then at some point, you'll raise seed money, which is going to be probably institutions that invest for, for other people. Right. And then uh, you go from there. And okay. you, you fund 12 to, to 18 months out and you, you set your milestones. And, and the best way to keep in touch with where you are in that whole process is, again, probably at the website and to sign up on that at getpropa.com. Yes. Where do you, where do you see yourself growing? Uh, <laughs> I mean, in, in the future, I mean, it, it, you know, I talk to some businesses and they're always like, well, yeah, no, we're, we're very comfortable. We're very good. We're very profitable here. And we don't, really see a need to grow. Others are like, yeah, no, I want to go by leaps and bounds. Um, you, I mean, you're just, you're just starting. So, I mean, obviously you are looking to grow. Yes. Um, so right now we're, we're growing pretty aggressively. We had a really good July in which we doubled our user base and we're growing at about 14% um, per week, which is uh, for startups, a, a good metric. Um, sustaining that growth is a huge challenge. Obviously that's aggressive. But first and foremost, we need people to use our, our product and we need to improve the product. And so right now, while we're still in beta, um, every week we're adding new features. We're making sure that these features are useful to people, that helps them spread the word of this app that, that is providing a service for them. Because ultimately, the businesses and the growers I was talking about, they don't care if you only have a couple hundred users. They need a lot of people. They need this to be worth their time. Sure. So growing the user base is first and foremost our, our objective. What's your ultimate goal as far as users? I mean, is, is the, I mean, I know you can say the sky's the limit, but I mean, what, you know, what you've got to have a number in your head that says, okay, if I have hundred thousand users, this is, this is on solid ground and can, can grow. Do you yeah. have a, any idea? I would say at least 10 million is where I really need to be. Okay. Um, that's a lot of people who are interested in plants. 10 million monthly active users, I think is probably not attainable, but I think there is a market for millions of people. Um, there are, I, I would think that would be, I, I don't want to say it'd be fairly easy to get, but I mean, it was, it's, it's definitely attainable. I mean, you have to work for it. Um, you know, and this is, is this good us or is it all worldwide? 
Um, right now, we're focused on the United States. Um, you can go through some, some hoops to download the app if you're elsewhere. We're hesitant to expand into Europe right now because of their data privacy laws. We want to be sure that we're compliant before we do like an official release. Um, but most of our users, if not all, are in the United States. And um, at some point, we'll want to expand to make sure that people aren't um, sending plants illegally and, and around customs to other countries. Uh, we want, or, or other states for that matter, you can't ship Something whatever seed you want about. to to Hawaii. Um, and also making that push button where, you know, the really interesting thing about the, the Pylea um, four years ago was that this plant was common. You could go to Europe and buy it for $5, but people were buying and selling in the United States for $40, sometimes $80. I was selling cuttings for $15, $20. Um, so this little guy was 20 bucks because wow. of its scarcity. But it was legal to import into the United States. It just wasn't here. And so I actually went through the customs process. I, I found a seller on um, eBay.de who was willing to, to ship it to me. And um, I filled out the customs forms and gave it to them. And they included it. And uh, it went through. It took about a month and a half to, to finally arrive wet, cold in the middle of December. Um, but it made it. And so having a platform that makes that process push button and doing everything with everyone's respective laws, I think is a place where we can expand and show real value over other competitors. When you say a house plant, I mean, I, is that strictly inside the house or, you, or is this a potted plant outside or are you looking for garden plants, flower bed plants? I mean, is, or is this strictly limited to what I, I define house plant as something like you brought in here, just, you know, sitting in a jar, sitting in a, in a vase on a, on a windowsill someplace? Mm-hmm. So we're really looking at perennials. Um, and so right now there's a lot of um, cultural force behind houseplants. There's a lot of momentum on Instagram. And so that's where we're pinning our user base and saying these people are really enthusiastic. They understand social media. They're using it a lot. They get propagation. But um, I spoke to one person who said, like, you're either an indoor person or an outdoor person. <laughs> and there are plenty of people who are interested in seed exchanges. There are plenty of people who are interested in um, outdoor plants that you can grow, um, sometimes edible plants, so like garlic or, or chives, um, anything that people pass around. People have been doing this for years. Interesting. Well, I know uh, I was with Leadership Anne Arundel and we had a thing with uh, Homestead Gardens during Agriculture Day and they were all about uh, the invasive species and the non-native plants and everything else. And that was, I was sort of wondering whether if this was looking to be like a flower bed type of a planting that all of a sudden now we may be introducing these invasive species. And I'm not quite sure how bad invasive species are. I mean, I think everybody was invasive species at one point <laughs> in time before they morphed and figured it out. But now are you looking to grow employees and stuff like that at some point? Absolutely. I've got a lot of work <laughs> cut out for myself right now. Um, that's why I went full time. Why I left my, my job was that I wasn't doing as much outreach. I wasn't talking to retailers as much. Um, I wasn't you know, working social media outside of Propa. And I, there are a lot of features that I needed to get out because people were asking for them. And so uh, you know, I would be happy to bring on the co-founder at this point. And then whenever I can uh, provide any sort of reasonable degree of stability for an employee, um, bring them in because there's plenty of work. Sure. Well, that's, uh, it, when, when you talk about a co-founder, I mean, I guess that's, you're, you're handling the, the tech end of the end, end of the thing and the business end of the thing. And that would be more of the, the marketing sales yes. end is, I mean, typically that's how they kind of go hand in hand there. Yeah. I have a, a job posting, um, for this hypothetical person who's, you know, right. great at everything that I'm not. The job is the chief culture officer. 
So this is someone who is a crazy like you know, plant person, like a true fanatic, a mm-hmm. fanatic among fanatics. Um, understands design is a lot more <laughs> like good at like decorating places than I am, um, and understands marketing. And so something to to really complement my technical background. Yeah, interesting uh, job for somebody that's that's energetic, willing to take a little bit of the risk. Because I mean, you could actually create an entire company culture around you know your ideals. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's that that's that's pretty neat. What type of data? I mean, and I'm not talking personal data stuff like that. But what type of data do you collect? I mean, because I was thinking that. There might be some great, like, you know, and, and I mean, you mentioned like we need to know where these plants are selling and stuff like that. But I mean, do you collect all of that data as far as plant size and where it's shipped from and to and who is buying it and stuff like that? Do you have? Not right now. Um, so right now we don't have any workflow for the actual transaction of sharing a plant where we're basically a way to find somebody else and strike up a conversation. Um, and so this kind of mimics a lot of the forms we'll see on Reddit, a lot of Facebook groups. We just post something out. And then, um, you know, if you happen to catch the, the person who's on the other side of transaction before your post gets buried, you start a conversation. Um, but at some point, we will be sure that people are shipping things, be sure that people are shipping what they promise to ship, that it's in good condition or the condition that they advertise all the other workflow. And then at that point, we'll be pretty close to brokering consumer to consumer transactions. Sounds a little bit like a little, little bit of eBay coming in there exactly. as far as, you know, let's, I sent you your, sent you your plant, make sure you give me a, a five star rating. So they know <laughs> yeah, I'm a, yeah. a the authentic shipper, you know, I sh- ship good stuff that's not ruined or, or damaged on the way. And it's everything else. Size restrictions. I mean, I, I'm looking at a, a jar full of water with a, Small with a jar. Seed, seedling. And a, a little tiny clay pot with a planted seedling, if you will. But I mean, these plants can go huge. I mean, do you have a size restriction or it doesn't really matter? It doesn't matter. Whatever you can get to the other person. So if you go on these Facebook groups, you'll have people who are doing plant purges. A lot of times they're moving and they can't take all of their plants with them. And so what they do is they just post it and sometimes they're selling these plants and sometimes they're just giving them away. But those are mature plants, and, and we absolutely want to be a place where people can do those sorts of transactions as well. But this, uh, the Monstera deliciosa, this is a huge plant. It's a monster, and it can be the size like of a wall, and it's a very large vine. The leaves can get to be the size of elephant ears. Oh, my word. And uh, this is a very small cutting, obviously. Uh, yeah, apparently. This is the size of a half dollar, basically. And so we did a survey early on with people who were already into houseplants, and we asked why aren't you buying more? Why aren't you acquiring more? And so the top one was space, space and lighting. They mm-hmm. lived in an apartment. They didn't have the space for plants. They wanted more plants, but they couldn't fit it. And so there's not too much we can do about that <laughs> other than provide people with smaller plants, right. um, which propagations fit in nicely. The other things that they had was money. Mature plants are expensive and prices are going up as more and more people are getting to the hobby. Uh, You have crazy phenomenons where there's plant consultants in the Seattle area um, who are buying plants for other people because other people don't want to research what the cool plants are, but they want the cool plants. And the the last thing was variety. They couldn't find the variety of species that they were looking for. They already got all the basics they could get from Home Depot. They might not have had you know, a a forward-leaning or a a trendy houseplant stores near them. And so they couldn't get like the the interesting species that they wanted. And so we think that sharing small cuttings with people across the country uh, for free or for little charge is answering all their biggest problems. 
How many matches have you done so far? Do you know? I, I don't know because it's, it's just a messaging app. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. That's wild. I mean, I, I would think that the data that could come out of that would be just uh, truly fascinating just to see where where it goes. Big question is sort of burning in my mind, though, now that you had an empty house when you moved in, you realized you needed to do something with the inside. What's it look like on the inside of your house now? It's much more green now. So uh, <laughs> we, we try to go out and buy plants monthly. So I get one and my fiance, Sierra, gets one. And uh, people have started giving plants to us. And so I talk to users. I, I, I've acted as a hub. Uh, so all my my friends are getting plants, but I'll have a user who sends me a box full of plants and then I'll take them and I'll distribute them to my friends after they've been rooted and, and matured a little bit. Um, and so it is getting increasingly green. Very cool. What's your, what's your background? I, uh, computer engineering from university of Alabama. Computer engineering. Okay. So I didn't know whether it was some sort of crazy, uh, yeah, I was a uh, poet. <laughs> no, <laughs> just no, had to learn coding no. and, and and whatnot. Now, now you are you from here originally, or no? I'm, I'm from Mississippi, and so I went to school in Alabama, and then immediately University of Alabama. Are you like one of those irritating roll tide guys? I am a roll tide guy, okay. but none of us are irritating. Not <laughs> <laughs> um, and and you're recently up here to Annapolis. Yes, I, I moved to the area in 2013, and then I moved to Annapolis in 2016, and so. In terms of, of the people I run into, I am recent, but I've been here for a little bit. Well, it's funny when I moved, I, I moved down here in 96 and I think it was probably about eight or nine years after I moved down here. Someone asked me where I was from. I said, oh, I'm from Annapolis. And the person that was with me was from Annapolis and said, yeah, no, you can't say that. You have to be here 20 years before you're allowed to say that. You can't, you can't. So I can say I'm from Annapolis now, but apparently the transplant, what, what drew you here? Um, Annapolis was just different. Um, I, I loved the, the architecture, like the colonial style houses. Um, I love that I was by the water. Um, I think Annapolis has such an interesting fusion of cultures. And this is like what I tell people who like visit Annapolis for the first time. I might be totally off. But I feel that like as an outsider, you have all sorts of different types of people in Annapolis for different reasons. And that results in really interesting places to eat, really interesting places to spend time and, and just like a, an interesting experience. So you have the Naval Academy and all the, the Department of Defense things around here, right. which bring in like the, the military type. Um, you have the, the historical fishing industry, which, which has that. Everything's nautically themed. Uh, you have... People are here, here to sail. You have boat show. You have um, a lot of artists. Uh, and so you have the St. John's kind of liberal arts influence. You have the political class from the state capitol. And, yeah. and you have all these different things. And then you have like the, the people from D.C. who spend their weekends here and, and you know, have retreats here. And it's just really cool walking around. Well, if this thing doesn't work out for you, man, I'll introduce you to Christian down at Visit Annapolis in Anne Arundel County, and she'll, <laughs> we'll, get you a, we'll get you a job as a cheerleader for living here. That's for sure. No, I, I totally agree. We've got a really diverse area. I mean, we've got uh, some pretty in, incredible wealth. Unfortunately, we've got some some poverty there, and it's uh, I, I like the casualness. It's uh, I was talking to a friend that's a stockbroker in town, and he was lamenting that Brooks Brothers closed down. And said that there's and Nordstrom's went silly. Said there's no place to buy a good suit and a good 
pair of shoes anymore from that whole stockbroker type of an image that you need. And when I've talked to people at Brooks Brothers, they said, yeah, the market doesn't support that real high-end fancy dress type things here. And it's a very casual town. And it's, you know, you sit there and you're, you could be at a bar sitting next to some guy in some painted speckled shorts or something like that. And he just got done painting the bottom of his $4 million yacht and, you know, is, is absolutely loaded. It's a really unique place. And I, I'm, glad, I'm glad you found it. It's fantastic. Yeah. Again, we're talking with Pat May, who is the founder in search of a co-founder of uh, ProPop, which is a match.com, if you will, for plants, getting plants. I guess you can, how do you, how do you select it? Do you swipe right or swipe left? Is it like a Tinder? <laughs> no. <laughs> Ooh, uh, I like that African violin. <laughs> No, so the, the main way is that you build a wish list and you say, these are the species I'm looking for. And as you're, you're scrolling through, we have an Instagram style feed. Um, you can add things to your wish list. You can also like them as you would on Instagram. And then when somebody has a, a cutting available from their plant of that species, they'll flag it as having props available, um, propagations. And you'll get a notification saying, hey, this person has props. You should talk to them. I'm now, I'm, now my mind is wandering. I'm thinking like breeding puppies. You know, it's like you find somebody says, oh, yeah, he's got it. Okay, well, we'll wait until the puppies get old enough and then we'll, you know, then then you can come buy them. Yeah. So uh, before I named it, uh, I was playing around with a couple different names. One was strain, uh, which is a negative word and also like very closely associated with marijuana. And so we wanted to be situated in houseplants and not marijuana. And so that was out. Another was provenance um, because we're very interested in how people share plants. And so one of the features within the app is that uh, you get likes for, for everything, but you also get the equivalent of a like for each propagation that you share. We call it a prop. Okay. And so it's not just each share that you give to somebody, it's each propagation that you share into the world. And so if I were to give you these two plants, I would get two props. When you say share a propagation, I mean, is that putting it up there to acquire or is it physically sending it? It's physically sending it. Okay. So the other person has to accept it and you know, ideally it, it survives. But we don't just reward the first degree propagations that, that you give. It's also any grandbabies and great grandbabies as well. So if I were to give you this plant, which is very easy to propagate and creates tons of little, they're called pups, that you can cut off and very easily give to somebody. Um, if I were to give you one and you were to propagate it to five people, you get five props. But I would also get five props for right. what you've done because I've created that. It sounds like world. herpes. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like not the person that you're sleeping with, but it's the person that they slept with. You know, the whole nine hurts, but it's... Uh, you can get rid of houseplants much easier. <laughs> this is fa- this is fascinating. Go to getpropa.com. It's G-E-T-P-R-O-P-A.com. And I mispronounced it and you're giving me the glare, but it's getpropa. <laughs> so like one of the things that I think is kind of interesting and a good point when I'm talking to business owners is that a lot of people are saying these are ways that you can get plants that aren't from existing retailers. And aren't you taking business away from the retailers? And directly, the answer is yes, because I'm getting a plant and it's not from a retailer. Sure. That's lost business. But you know, looking back on the days of LimeWire and downloading music illegally, they found that people who are downloading music illegally were actually spending more on music. It's because they wanted to try more things. They had a love for it. They're introducing other people to it because they were, were so strongly like, in love with this, this medium. Well, that makes sense. You sit there and you have, you know, a plant and you're, you're able to get it and you've, you've successfully bypassed Homestead Gardens by buying it from or having somebody give it to you from wherever. Um, however, but you've got that love that, that you've gone to that step. 
Uh, you're probably not going to have them get you a giant whatever it is that they're going to sell at Homestead Gardens, and that's where you're going to go. And and I do remember when you were talking about illegal downloading and uh, and people were buying CDs, and uh, that may, that makes sense. And and there's so many different business models today where everything has really sort of upended the whole traditional retail model. There's so many different ways. You've got the B2B, you've got B2C, you've got C2C. And, and just sort of melding them all. And does Homestead Gardens really care about selling a seedling in a, in a jar full of water? Probably not. No. Um, and, and you feel a need for that. But they do care about selling the big, huge potted palm, which is something that you're probably not interested in. No, I, I personally love mature plants. Um, people who love cuttings still love mature plants. And there's a lot of apprehension and people spending you know, at least $20, sometimes more on a mature plant when they don't know if they can even like keep a plant alive. And so propagations give people a way of, you know, test running it for, for free or, or next to nothing and get comfortable with buying plants to understand that like you don't have to be, you know, a biologist to keep a plant alive generally. And so I, I think that Propa will have an effect where more people will enter the, enter the market. They'll feel more comfortable buying a mature plant. They'll certainly to buy um, pots. You can't propagate pots. You can't propagate soil. All sorts of other things that go along with having house plants and outdoor plants as well. And so we think that this will expand the number of people going to Homestead Gardens. We go to Homestead Gardens frequently. Um, it's a great place. And, and there's also a lot of retailers that have take a plant, leave a plant shelves where you can go in and you can grab a free cutting. And it's just a way that they want people to be introduced to the hobby and they'll tell you how to take care of it. Sure. That's a, well, I don't know. They, they call it in Louisiana. I don't know whether it's down in uh, Mississippi and Alabama, but the Lignapi, <laughs> which is just a little extra. You yeah. Know, they'll yeah. Just, just give it and, and turn them onto it. It's a business card almost, right? So we don't think that we'll be taking away cumulatively or in aggregation. We don't think that we'll be taking away any sort of business. And we really want to align ourselves with the retailers because we think that they're driving the culture. Uh, you have this new breed of nursery, which sells only houseplants as opposed to gardening supplies and, and flowers or uh, arranged flowers. Um, and then also houseplants, like they're, they're strictly houseplants. And so we think that, you know, this is where culture is going, that retailers provide an awesome space where people want to relax, discover new things, talk to people. And we want to align ourselves with all the retailers. And so that's why we've kind of made our business model partnering with retailers as opposed to, you know, try to squeeze money out of our users directly. Right. Makes sense. We are speaking with Pat May, the founder. It is started right here in Annapolis. So that's, that's right. really very cool. If you are a houseplant enthusiast or a houseplant hobbyist or a houseplant fanatic, I guess. And even if it's your first houseplant, we have the ability for you to be connected to people who know how to take care of plants. Um, we're looking at having verified accounts for people who are in horticulture or who are biologists and can give you high quality information and flagging comments as experts agree or not. It's ideas that we're playing around. Be sure that you're not operating off of bad information, that this is scientifically backed information and not just speculation. That sounds like something I need. I can only keep the, pla <laughs> the plastic plants I do well with. It's the, uh, the, ones, the ones that have like chlorophyll and... Uh... 
and everything else in there, I have a little bit of a problem with. Pat May, thank you very much for your yeah, time today. You. I appreciate you coming out to the library and talking with us. Uh, wishing you all the luck on this. If you like houseplants, get propa.com and it's G-E-T-P-R-O-P-A.com. You'll be able to, you've got links to download the app on Android, but you've got to get the uh, test flight. Test flight? Yes, you can get everything at getpropa.com. Um, it takes an extra step to download beta for iOS, um, but we hope to launch to the App Store within the next month. So, Very cool. And then you, you can sign up for the newsletter or the, uh, to be informed when they move out of beta and as Propa continues to grow. This is awesome. Congratulations and uh, you know, best of luck and thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's Local Business Spotlight. Please make sure to visit ionanapolis.net for all your local news, events, and opinion. And in case you haven't already, please subscribe to the Ion Annapolis Daily News Brief, where we bring you all the day's local news direct to your phone, tablet, or computer in about 10 minutes. It comes to you at 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday, and you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.